And welcome back to this episode of the Cardinals Conversation Core podcast. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyler Bird. I'm joined here by Reese Furlow today. Uh, our, our third co-host, Aaron Van Buren, uh, can't be with us this week, but he will be with us in the future. But for this episode, it's just going to be me and Reese. So Reese, you want to kind of give us an overview of what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so today, not too much to talk about, but we will be discussing what we liked from the Cowboys game. Uh, last Friday, and we'll also be diving into what uh, what we're going to look for in this week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which will also be on Friday at 8 p.m. This one I can stay awake for. But um, yeah. <laughs> for this week, uh, I want to start off with what did we like from the Cowboys game, Kyler? Um, for me, I have a couple of players that definitely stood out to me, and I wanted to touch on them, at least two of them. But at first, I want to start with the honorable mentions because I really, really, this is going to sound weird, but I really enjoyed Colt McCoy. He played a really good okay. game. And uh, I think he only had one incompletion, which I thought was, was pretty, pretty nice. And uh, also, Zaven Collins, I think he stood out a lot. Um, I believe it was the first drive where he had a tackle for loss. It was about like two yards. And I thought that was, that was a good sign of what's to come. But in terms of who really impressed me, I really liked Rondale Moore. Uh, he finished with oh, yeah. three receptions. Yep, he finished with mm -hmm. three receptions for 23 yards, uh, two carries for 16 yards. Uh, from According to PFF, he was targeted on 36% of his routes, which was most the most by a rookie wide receiver so far this preseason. And he received the second highest grade by a rookie wide receiver in week one, according to PFF, who apparently hates the Arizona Cardinals. So I thought that Dude, was a they nice have touch. To. They don't like the yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I thought his game was really nice. Um, Marco Wilson is another one who I thought played really well. Uh, he had, he was targeted six times and forced three incompletions and PFF who also we just touched on hates the Arizona Cardinals gave him the fourth highest graded uh, grade by a rookie defensive back in week one so these are the two guys I liked uh, on top of McCoy and Zayvon Collins Kyler what about you yeah I, I agree with everything that you said I think we we saw some of what we needed to see from Zayvon Collins as far as uh, running a defense at the NFL level. And also he had that really great tackle for loss, I think, in the first quarter. Yep. So that was really impressive. And I, it shows a little bit of his versatility. Um, he can get after the quarterback. He can get past the line of scrimmage when he needs to. Um, so I think that was really good to see. Um, and I will, I will mention this guy just because you didn't. And I know if Aaron was with us today, he would definitely be talking about him. Uh, Eno Benjamin, he had a good okay. preseason game. Yeah, uh, he, he didn't see the field at all last year preseason. Mm -hmm. I don't think he even played in the preseason at all last year. Um, well, there was so, no preseason last year. Yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. <laughs> so, um, but we did see a lot of good things from Eno. I'm a big Arizona State fan. So mm. uh, I watched him a lot when he was in college. And you saw some of the old college Eno Benjamin. You even saw the spin move one time. Mm. Um, and even if you go on ESPN, you look at the, the leading uh, passer, leading rusher, leading receiver, all that. 
Chris Strevler is actually the leading rusher for last week. He did have 10 carries and 55 yards, um, wow. which was interesting. He, he bowled over some guys on some of those uh, down situations. But uh, Eno was the second leading rusher. He had five carries for 50 yards and he had the one touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. But even more than that, I think he kind of showed some of his worth maybe in the return game. He was the kick return guy in that game against Dallas. Um, he had three kick returns for 84 yards, which I think average is 28. So 28 a return, that, that's not that bad. Uh, that's pretty good, actually. And he had the yeah. long return of 35 yards. He has the speed to be a good return guy. Um, so I, I definitely think Eno made his case to make the 53-man roster um, mm-hmm. to be the third string running back, uh, probably just as a return specialist in case something crazy happens to to Chase Edmonds or James Conner. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you on what I liked seeing from Colt McCoy. Uh, having a solid backup quarterback is something that you just have to have. And, and I think with the extension of the, the regular season, we have 17 games now, you have mm-hmm. additional chance of, of your quarterback not playing some games because of injury. You yeah. have increased injury risk for everyone, which I think is why the NFLPA really was not in favor of a 17 game season they get paid the same amount and they have a higher injury risk so having colt mccoy who has the 12 years of experience uh, i we all learned what it means to need a backup quarterback last year week 17 we should have been in the playoffs but chris streveler who for some reason is still on this team (laughs) just failed failed in that game um and if we had had Brett Hundley, maybe uh, mm. maybe we would have been in the playoffs last year. I but agree. Um, you obviously have to talk about Rondell Moore. He's gotten a lot of media attention. And mm-hmm. I actually thought he had more of an impact from watching the game. But then I look at the box score. He had the three receptions and the 23 yards. But he also had a few rushing attempts with a few jet sweeps and stuff like that because he was all over the place. They used him a lot in that game. And I think we saw some flashes of what they've been talking about in training camp that uh, he's not just college fast, which he was. He was really impressive at Purdue. That dude's NFL fast. Yeah. And that's a big difference because he was making real professional NFL players look slow. And that's a really hard thing to do when one of the other guys on your team is going to be Kyler Murray, who's yeah. also <laughs> one of the fastest guys in the league. Right. So actually, I want your opinion on this. Do you think that Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime, as they're building this team up um, and trying to build around Kyler Murray, we've seen what our this week's opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, have done. They've built the fastest offense in the league. You think that's something that they're purposefully trying to do, add a lot of speed, like Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. They have the fastest offense by far. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, I never really thought of it like that. But the way when you touch on it like that, yeah, it makes sense that we have or that we're building guys to, to match their speed. I don't know what kind. Of, I think the thing is, though, is that we don't know yet what kind of what kind of scheme they're going to run based on these types of these types of players that they're getting. We yeah. look at we look at the I guess the Baltimore Ravens. We know that they're going to run, run, run. And with the yeah. with the Chiefs, they're going to beat you through the deep ball because they have guys that can get down the field. So can the Cardinals be a mix of both because they have a fast quarterback or because they have fast receivers now? I think that would be a good thing to look into going into this season. I mean, don't you think 
they're they're shooting for the mix you added james yeah. connor he, he's not the speedy guy he's the big bruiser um even chase edmonds he's probably not in the top 10 fastest running backs but he's pretty mm. shifty um yeah. the fastest guy on your squad is kyler murray so the by fastest far. dude on your team by far is uh your quarterback i mean mm-hmm. andy isabella is still on the team and he did run a very fast 40 but um, I have serious doubts we see him in the regular season. Mm. I mean, I, I, think I was thinking Andy Isabella had to play in the preseason and prove his yeah. worth. And with the COVID protocols that he's mm-hmm. been in for the past two weeks and he's not going to play against Kansas City. Um, I don't know. Do, do you think Andy Isabella is going to be on this 53-man roster? I mean, I mean, he's been on the team since, what, 2018? And it's – I think now he's had – multiple chances to really show that he belongs on this team but it's still he still looks like and I, I, don't, I hate to bring this up but he looks like Tim Tebow out there in terms of just lost and confused yeah. and doesn't really know the playbook um I think if you want to keep him on the team you use him as a return guy but like you brought up you have Chase Edmonds you have you know Benjamin you have Christian Kirk you have Rondale Moore there's other guys on this team that can that can replace Andy Isabella. He's not just, he's just fast pretty much. And like Aaron said in last week's episode, there's a difference between being fast and being a football player. And I don't think Andy Isabella is a football player. I think he can be a good player on a different team, but it just doesn't look like this is the team that he can be good with. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think his future is in Arizona. I don't want to completely discount him and say he's mm-hmm. not capable of playing in the NFL. Um, but I think it, it's been too long. We've seen too much. He's just not going to work out yeah. in Arizona, but enough of Andy Isabella. We don't need to, <laughs> to, to talk about that too much, but uh, we do want to talk about the upcoming game against Kansas city chiefs, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are we, uh, what are we looking for against the chiefs who play the Cardinals this Friday at 8 PM, a game that I will be awake for. I know I keep touching on that, but I can finally see, I didn't get to see much of, of uh, last week's game because it was so late. I only saw the first half and then I, I crashed, but this week I can, I can see everybody. And for me, I want to see Kyler Murray. I think he definitely needs to play in this game. Uh, We have to see what kind of new schemes that Cliff Kingsbury is going to want to run in the regular season. And Kyler Murray is obviously a big part of that. You don't want to see it with Colt McCoy. And then it doesn't, it works with McCoy, but it doesn't work with Kyler. So I think we should see at least for two drives, what works and what doesn't work with, with Murray and and Kingsbury's new system, if they have a new system. Um, I also think we need to see AJ Green. I know he's been iffy these last couple of practices but I think he should be out there just to see if he has that chemistry with Kyler Murray in a in a game situation and uh James Conner will also be coming back I think he was also on the COVID protocol uh you know reserve yeah so I think he should he should be making his debut um this weekend and I also want to see that that one-two combo that Chase Edmonds keeps talking about about how they're running back one and running back one one a and one b so mm-hmm. i think both of them need to need to go out there and see what kind of what, what they can do together yeah i agree with all that too i think uh, we got the three games this preseason we've had dallas we're gonna have kansas city and then our last one is uh the new orleans saints 
So Mm -hmm. this is by far your best chance to run your starters out there and play them against a team that, yeah, they're not going to be giving you their all, but they were also in the Super Bowl last year. So this is your chance to sort of put Kyler Murray up against maybe their first string defense. So you've got Kyler Murray versus Tyron Matthew, and you've got your receivers Mm -hmm. versus a a decent secondary, uh, but definitely headlined by, by Tyron Matthew. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I definitely agree. This is the time to to play the starters, New Orleans saints sit them again. I, I don't think we need to see them again. They don't need the practice again or the injury risk. But definitely two, three drives, Kansas City, this is the one to do it. And also to test your your first string defense for sure against yeah. hopefully they're going to play their first string offense as well for a couple drives, just so we can get a real estimate of what the secondary is going to look like. Because yeah. just honestly, I don't think Dallas's first string or second string showed too much of what our first string defense could be like uh Mm. they're just not the team with the right personnel to actually test the defense but uh first string of of kansas city definitely is um i want to see are you going to put 31 year old malcolm butler to defend guys like tyreek hill Mm. crazy fast in their prime or are you going to switch it up and maybe have a younger faster guy like byron murphy kind of cover those guys or marco wilson because I agree with yeah. what you said about Marco Wilson, how he looked in the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. He looked good, man. Yeah, he absolutely. Good. And if and if Arizona can hit on a fourth round cornerback, that's awesome. Yeah, and Steve Kime actually looks like a like a brilliant genius. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is with Marco Wilson is that after you've seen what he did. Because it doesn't seem like we still have that solidified cornerback two yet. I know everybody wants to see Byron Murphy out there where they say Byron Murphy's the 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 CB2, but I think Marco and, and Tay, Gowan, and uh, Byron are all competing for that for that CB2 spot. So if if Marco keeps it up, I think he'll I think he'll win that job like you like you tweeted a couple of days ago. And um and you can put Murphy back in the slot, but you touched on, you know, the secondary and, and the first string defense going out there. Who are we going to see as a first string defense? Cause I don't think we know yet who that first string defense is. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think there are some, some spots that we just don't know a hundred percent yet because yeah. CB one, I can't see it being anyone, but Malcolm Butler, that's who you okay. bring in to be Fair. your Patrick Peterson guy. Um, mm-hmm. But CB two, that's up up for grabs, which yeah. even means CB3 is slot guys up for grabs if if mm-hmm. it's not Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, safety, I think safety has to be our best room in the defense, don't you think? I, I think so with Buda Baker, but I, I do think that the the free safety spot is is kind of up for grabs as well mm-hmm. with Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson. I don't know if Deontay Thompson's still on the team, Chris Banjo. They yeah. they're all you know competing for that for that spot as well. And uh, and Jalen had some great moments last year. He just got injured yeah. twice, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But man, if Jalen Thompson can play like he did in the few games he did play, then I'm totally comfortable with him covering that safety spot. That's I hope a good so, safety room. It is, it is. And I, as long as it's not Chris Banjo, because what I, after, after that performance against, I, can't, I think it was Carolina, where he just gave mm-hmm. up so many yards. It was, yeah. that's when I was like, all right. <laughs> Can we get somebody else, please? 
But I think I think what we got, I think what the Cardinals have right now is uh is good. But like you said, it's it's definitely this game that they need to figure out who is going to be the week one, the week one guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, going back to some of the spots that we don't 100% know yet, um, mm-hmm. the D line for for mm-hmm. this game, we're we're not going to see JJ Watt. I'm pretty sure we've been clear. The team's been clear. He's not playing in the preseason. Okay. And and why would you, JJ Watt? He's too valuable to risk yeah. anything, yeah. and he's too good to need the reps. Yeah. So it's fine. But D line, we're still dealing with something we don't know about with Jordan Phillips. Mm. Uh, he's dealing with something. He's not practicing. He's not playing. But he has what the second or third most expensive contract on the team. We wow. paid him a lot. He has a $12 million cap hit every year for these this three-year contract that we gave him last offseason. Um, so are we going to get any return out of Jordan Phillips? We, we don't know because he hasn't played in the preseason. It doesn't seem like he's going to. I doubt Corey Peter does as well. So mm-hmm. we've got young guys that are going to be getting their reps on the D-line. And as of a couple of days ago, I think the D-line has the most players in that room currently. They have 13 D-linemen currently on the roster for a team that plays a three, four. So it it makes you kind of worried. What's the real injury situation in that room. If they've added so many D linemen over the past couple of weeks, you need 13 for a three, four defense. That's kind of concerning. I think I, I agree. And not only that, but you look at uh, our pass rushers too, on top of the D line, you look at who's going to play opposite of Chandler Jones, or even if, Chandler Jones is going to play this season. Who are you going to to use to replace him? Because we got we had Marcus Golden last year. He came in and played absolutely fantastic. Hassan Reddick dropped down. He played absolutely fantastic. But I don't think you're going to get a Chandler Jones type season out of Marcus Golden if he is your opposite yeah, linebacker. Probably not. Right. Right. So then you got to bring in who Dennis Gardeck, who's still coming off of an ACL injury. So mm-hmm. I think that's another position that's up for grabs as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dennis Gardeck was such a fan favorite last year. And somehow like the statistical gods of football shined upon him and he had some (laughs) ridiculous sack rate. He had like one sack for every seven defensive snaps or something while he was playing, which is unreal um, and not sustainable at all. (laughs) 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 Um but we all want him to get better because he's that that underdog story. You know, he was yeah. the special teams guy who finally got his chance to shine and he he produced. So I hope yeah. he does get better. Um, the things I've heard, he's on a pretty fast track to recovery. I think the yeah. original estimate was he won't be available for the first six weeks of the season. So hopefully oh that God. gets reduced to sometime in the first two or three weeks, just so we can see if he's going to be a good rotational piece to keep around. Um but I, I like our pass rush because we were we were fourth in sacks last year. I think we mm-hmm. were third in, in uh, quarterback pressure as well. So do you see the Arizona defense pass rush being the same or getting even better with the addition of someone like um, J.J. Watt? Um, good question. You know, I think it c- can be better, but I think it can also be the same maybe 
if um, because it could have been a lot better if if the Cardinals kept uh, Chandler Jones if he didn't or not yeah. kept but if he didn't get injured I think it would have been first behind the I think the Buccaneers led the league last season so if if Chandler Jones is healthy JJ Watt's healthy I think Marcus Golden if he's going to play that opposite pass rush um, I think he can get a good three four sacks this season. Uh, and and the D line is is good on sacks as well. So I think I think this could be a team that will probably lead the league in sacks this year if Jones is healthy, if he is going to stay on the team for all sixteen games. Um, I think they can lead the league. If not, definitely top three. Okay, I, I agree. I just can't see it getting worse when you add someone yeah. like JJ Watt. That yeah. would be insane. Um, the only problem with that is that Watt didn't have a good year last year. I think he had his worst season through a 16 game span. So if you see that, then, but he also had the highest rate of triple coverage on, mm. on JJ Watt. He was getting triple teamed. Okay. Uh, he's such a dominant guy and yeah. Texans. I mean, they, as a roster, they tanked their roster. Mm-hmm. They, they were going for draft picks because uh, yeah. they're totally rebuilding. So JJ Watts now on a team that has legitimate threats, not only super elite threats like Chandler Jones, which I think he's the right age. He's still totally capable of going back to 2019 Chandler Jones. Oh yeah. 19, 19 and a half sacks. He's totally physically capable of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But Marcus golden, he's been a productive guy in the league. He's not a superstar like Chandler Jones, but he's been definitely productive. Uh, Kennard was disappointing last year, but mm. he has the capability of being productive. Jordan Phillips, if healthy, has a capability of being productive. So there are too many guys on uh, Arizona's defense, on the defensive line and the linebacker core that are going to be going after the quarterback that you you can't triple team J.J. Watt anymore. I've always wondered, what do you think of how they're going to, to position these guys? Do you think Watt and Jones are going to be on the same side rushing the quarterback, or are they going to split them or make them on opposite yeah. sides? Honestly, I would go same side. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That just seems That's... so unstoppable yeah. to have two Hall of Fame pass rushers on the same side, and then yeah. that means whoever's on the other side is probably going to have like the season of their career. <laughs> and it, it makes me wish that I feel like I feel like it was a trade for for Watt and Reddick, but I think if we kept Reddick, mm-hmm. that would have been an absolutely dominating pass rush. Mm, absolutely, yeah, dominating. man. If you had Chandler and JJ Watt on one side, Hassan Reddick yeah. on the other, Reddick mm-hmm. definitely would have had a career season. Absolutely, and and he he was having he was on pace for one. I think he had a sack in every game. like in the second half of the season which was absolutely Mm -hmm. ridiculous as well yeah so i mean of of course the stats got a little padded with the the giants game five sacks in one game insane Um, it was great to watch but it's also daniel jones and he's uh (laughs) he is uh he's really good at getting sacked (laughs) i say i and i and i do think that with this new pass rush they will the secondary will look a lot better than what will what it'll show because the faster you get to that quarterback man it's it's easy pickings for that secondary and you're gonna have buddha baker who goes in on the rush as well true vance joseph does really like to bring him down yeah yeah 
So I think this team can be a, a good, a good like 30 sack, 40 sack team going into, going into this year. I, I agree. Um, so coming back to Kansas City, Arizona game, uh, mm-hmm. the current line is two and a half. Chiefs by two and a half. That's mm. the betting line. So okay. pretty, pretty close game. And I think those those lines pretty much come out to uh, what? Backups. Chiefs, Chiefs 57% chance of winning. So, okay. I mean, it's pretty, pretty close to a 50-50 game. Yeah, I would agree. But I, I do think it also depends how much does Kansas City play their starters. Do they play Patrick Mahomes at all? Does he need it? He's played in two Super Bowls already. He probably yeah. doesn't. So if, if that means our first team defense getting reps against um, who's their backup, Anthony Gordon or Chris Henney. Um, Chad Henney, I think. Yeah, Chad, uh, Chad, Henney? Yeah. Chad Henney, you're right. Yeah. Dude, we could could easily win this game, I think. Not that it matters, but it would definitely give a good confidence boost to the True. team and the rookies mm-hmm. for sure. And the over-under on points is 41. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they expect it to be pretty high scoring for a preseason game. Yeah. Um, and just interesting tidbit, uh, Arizona and Kansas City won by the exact same score last week. Kansas oh, City good. beat San Francisco 49ers 19-16, and uh, Arizona beat Dallas 19-16 as well. I'm so very glad now that you mentioned that I am very glad that we have Matt Prater on this team. Mm. I think. Oh uh, yeah. How did those, we forget those, about Matt Prater? Yeah, <laughs> those were the games that the Cardinals needed to win last year. And yeah. Matt Prater just comes in and absolutely just says, Hey, what's his name? Gonzalez. <laughs> and the fact that Detroit and Arizona switched kickers, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Because Arizona came out so much further ahead with Matt Prater. I don't care that he's 36 or 37 years old. Adam Vinatieri proved that you can kick until you're basically dead. So (laughs) I I love Matt Prater, and I honestly hope he's a Cardinal for five years. The rest of his career, at least. Oh, yeah. I'd love for him to retire with us. Yeah. He definitely seems to. I, I don't think he was that his only kick of the game was the game winner. No, he was four for four. Four for oh man. See, I missed all of that, but including uh, a game winner. So yeah. Very good to hear, honestly. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So do you want to wrap up with our score predictions for Kansas City versus Arizona? I'll let you go yeah. first, Reese. Yeah. So um I think the Cardinals can win this game. Like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes won't be out there. I doubt we see the sec their, their first team for any more than one drive. So it'll be really just the Cardinals. And I, I do believe the Cardinals have good backups compared to Kansas City's. So I do think the Cardinals can win this game at least 26 to 23. All right. And that, that's pretty in line with the over-under. So I like that. Perfect. Um, hmm. Preseason is really hard to predict because you just have no clue who's going to play. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm also at the risk of sounding like like a homer. I'm also going to go Arizona just because okay. I think they're more likely to play a little bit more of their starters than Kansas City needs to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Arizona. I'll actually go 1916 again. I think mm. maybe one touchdown is about the limit. I don't think they're going to go crazy. Even Cliff Kingsbury said this morning that uh, 
they're not going to play most of their offense, but they're still going to try to win. So whatever that means, Um, (laughs) like, I hope you're going to try to win, even though it is meaningless. Uh, But yeah, Arizona 1916. So Arizona by three. Now, is it in Arizona? I didn't look at this is in uh, Kansas City. Oh, in Kansas City. Okay. We'll see how it goes, but I'll, I'll definitely be eyes glued for at least at least the first half. At Anything least. after that is yeah, at least. <laughs> all right. But that's well, going to be all the time we have this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you have predictions, go ahead and leave it in the comments section below. If you're watching this on YouTube, Kyler, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, just make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, You can find our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts is the best place. So please subscribe on those platforms as well. Um, And we'll see you next time. Until next time.